What is going on, guys? It is Angelo Arshambo, and you are listening to the Fear the Beard Football Channel podcast. I'm your host, Fear the Beard, Angelo Arshambo, a.k.a. DJ Alata Ricotta. Uh, we got uh, Jay Tapp in the building. He's uh, a little under the weather right now, uh, so he's going to chime in and say a few things, but, you know, he's uh, he's recovering from some stuff, so, uh, you know, don't expect a whole, whole lot out of him. We just appreciate that he's in the building. Just his presence is good in general. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, uh, yeah, I got a few things that I want to talk about today. Uh, we wrapped up our power rankings the other day for week two. And, uh, by the way, did you catch that Thursday night game? I did. Man, Chubb went off in that motherfucker. Uh, I would, I'll tell you what though. The one thing that I'm very, uh, curious about with, uh, you know, cause they played the Pittsburgh Steelers is, and it's just like with the New England game. I feel like if TJ Watt was in that game, they definitely would have won. Yeah. I mean, it's a str- it's a strong pass rush, like I've been saying and everything. Um, but I almost feel like it's Mitch Trubisky. I mean, no, not Mitch Trubisky. I almost feel like it's Kenny Pickett time uh, for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitch Trubisky, he's been playing okay, but I feel like at this point, you know, just go on ahead and let the rookie get his lumps. He was a four year starter, you know. So I don't know, man. Um, Do it. But no, I, honestly, I felt like it was a really solid game. Um, the Browns played a lot better than I thought. That's actually a game that I had them losing. So right now they're two and one on the season. Um, I had them starting three and eight um, before Deshaun Watson comes back and then making like a late run, probably going like anywhere from four and two to six and zero. Oh. I mean, I know six and zero oh is real hard because Deshaun Watson, you know, it'd be a, a new team. But hell, by week thirteen, he'll have a solid understanding of the playbook. Uh, we know the type of talent he has, and we know the type of talent this team has. So it's it's not impossible to go six and zero, but uh, no, nah, I feel like if they can put themselves in a solid position and have about you know four four wins by the time he comes back, I feel like this team could honestly make a playoff push. I agree. I could see that most definitely. But uh. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, this wasn't even going to be on my list of stuff that I wanted to talk about. But I've just been watching it. Like or like reading along and trying to keep up with a lot of different things. Um, but the Brett Favre situation. So I, and I feel like it's interesting because uh, me, you know, me and you were just talking about this. That like, I mean, this has kind of almost been swept under the rug. And uh, they've just been kind of. Just, you know, not trying to give Brett Favre the shit that he deserves for this whole welfare scandal. And it's like, I'll tell you what really uh, is so funny is uh, the Celtics head coach, Emmy Kudo, whatever his name is. Udoka. that's right. Emmy Udoka. Uh, I mean, dude, like, dude, like, cheats on his fiance with a, a Celtics, a lady who works for the Celtics organization. And, I mean, I'm literally watching this go across ESPN once every five minutes. It's on the bottom line. Like, they're just hardcore talking about this. And all dude did was, like, you know, go on ahead and just, like, get nasty with some chick that works in, like, the same organization as him. And, like, Brett Favre's over here fucking, like, taking money from, like, welfare people. Like, like it's not like you're stealing just regular tax-paying dollars or something like that. Like, you are taking money from somebody... Who like is literally broke as shit? Facts. Those are big facts, people. Those are big facts. Um, 
Like I said, I think it's the hero complex. Brett Favre is considered football royalty. They, uh, when you grow up, it's like when you watch, I don't know, like you have a, <laughs> I don't want to use this, but it fits so well. It's like when you uh, grow up with your child hero and then you find out like that dude is like a piece of shit i was i actually had an example but i'm not gonna do it because this is a sports podcast we're gonna keep it related to sports but it's just like when you find out that your childhood hero is a piece of shit i mean i don't mind taking a taking a quick detour and, and you giving an example I, I i feel like i've taken some detours from sports yeah, this was gonna be kind of like rough it's like when oh, okay. you uh it's like when you grow up watching Cliff Huxtable, <laughs> and then you find out it's Bill Cosby, and it's like, oh, <laughs> so that's Bill Cosby was, was like, either we fucking or I'm, I'm fucking. fucking. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to laugh at that shit, but like, I love the memes that came out. That's like. it. But I'm just saying, like, a lot of people have the proud, like, especially in the media have a hard time of separating Brett Favre, the player, from Brett Favre, the person. Well, like, it's almost like, and I know this is, like, two totally different situations, I'm sorry, but, like, it's almost like, like with OJ, okay? Like, and I know that, like, a lot of people have mixed opinions from him. But, like, on one side, you know, allegedly he murdered his wife. I don't care what side of the, what side of the tape you're on. That, that's not where I'm getting at with this. But I'm saying, like, allegedly... He murdered his wife. But also, the man was a Heisman Trophy winner. And he ran for over 2,000 yards in a season. And I think he ran for over 13,000 yards in his career. And when he retired, I think he was like, what, number number four, number three in all-time rushing. Like, it's hard to escape that. And so it's like, but with Brett Favre, like, that was John Madden's son right there. True. And he loved it. It's like, but still, at the end of the day, like, and I remember, like, when Brett Favre played, though, he was, uh, you know, he, he was, like, he was Mr. Football, you know. He was he was football, and, uh, you know, he stayed out of, you know, he was almost like what Derek Jeter was for baseball. You know, you never really saw him get into anything. He just kept his nose down. But it's like ever since, ever since he retired from football, it's just one piece of shit thing after another. Like, I don't know if you remember – uh, the what the Brett Favre girl, the Jen Sturger, I think her name was. Yeah. And like, brother, like sends a dick pic, and you can see the funniest thing is you can see the camo Crocs in the fucking photo, like. And I'm like, that's fucking that is so Brett Favre, but like she even has gone on like this ruined her career, like her modeling career, her like sideline reporting career, like. She couldn't get jobs because of that. And what people don't understand is, like, she didn't pursue him. She'd never even met Brett Favre, not spoken to him in person. I think that she was at a game, and she was covering something. And I think he – I think this is back when he was playing for the Jets. I'm, I'm very positive it was, like, back when he was playing for the Jets. He said she needs to – that lady needs to see my penis. Bro, and he did. He just straight up, like, just shotgunned her a fucking dick pic. Real quick, unsolicited dick pics should be um, a misdemeanor. 
I feel like they should, but like I, I do, I wish, I almost wish there was a girl in the building to answer this question that I have because I've always been curious. Like, don't get me wrong, unsolicited dick pics are wrong. You never just shotgun a picture you did to a lady. Correct. And uh, if it, and honestly, if it does work, is that really the type of girl you want to take home? Like, that's the question. Probably not. It's not. That's not even a question. She's a very freaky girl. The kind you don't take home the mother. I mean, that shit, I, I mean, if she's going to, like, hook up with you after shotgun and dick pic, like, that's like fishing in the deep sea. You have no idea what you're going to catch. Um, she probably has a phone full of penis pictures. That Ghanasifa Hercules. The Ben Laden boom. But, like, I'm curious. Okay, like, and this is why I wish I had a woman's opinion, is, like, imagine... I, and obviously, like, I can't understand and fathom, like, you know, gr- take the like, grasp how a girl would receive this because I'm not a chick. But, like, I almost feel like, you know, like, what if, what if you were a guy and you, like, dressed your penis up, like, almost like, you know, you ever watch Toy Story? Like, dress him up like a little cowboy and then uh, send her a picture and be like, this is what a real Woody looks like. I feel, I wonder if that would be received better than just regular, like, dick. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was today's whitest thing you'll hear. <laughs> Brought to you by Fear the Beer Podcast. There you Thank go. you. I just keep it, I keep it white. Light and white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pasty. Yeah. But, but, but no, like that to me, like that's how you first of all build up to show like that's how much of a piece of shit he is. He literally derailed a girl's career. And then like in the article... It goes like there was a, it's like a former like director of Mississippi Welfare Agency pled guilty Thursday to federal state charges and conspiracy to miss, let's see, to misspend tens of millions of dollars that were intended to help needy families in one of the poorest states in the United States, the state of Mississippi, which that is one of the like, like the state of Mississippi is so poverty stricken. It's not like this came from like Silicon Valley welfare, which I mean, that doesn't change anything, but this is Mississippi, one of the poorest places. And it goes on to say, Davis, 54, was an influential figure in a scandal that has produced criminal charges against several people, including pro wrestler Ted uh, DeBias. DiBiase. DiBiase. I, I, I'm not a wrestling guy, so. Million Dollar Man. Yep. Uh, known as the Million Dollar Man. Yeah, right there. Whose uh, Christian ministry was ordered to repay more than 720000 in misspent welfare money. It goes on to say, the scandal also had raised questions about retired NFL quarterback Brett Favre, and then obviously the former uh, Mississippi governor, Phil Bryant. But, like, this has literally just been swept under the rug 100%. And we're talking about, like, some NBA head coach who just, I mean, just decided to unbuglies with somebody that it works with, which, I mean, hell, like, I fucked somebody that I work with. Like, I get that it's against Celtics code, but still. Part-time poom-poom. Exactly, like, but that's that's gonna get more coverage than Brett Favre taking from broke ass motherfuckers. I mean, it, it's it amazes the fuck out of me. They just don't care about the poor. They don't. They don't, or they just love Brett Favre so fucking much. But that that is like that's the funniest shit in my opinion. That and the fact, did you watch the Monday? Uh, did you watch the Monday Night Football game, Tennessee Titans versus the Bills? Correct, so yes, I did. Did you did you see in the pregame where Dan Orlovsky, like, shit his pants, basically? No, I did not. All right, look, there's 
you can go to YouTube later on and check this out, but I'm sitting there watching the Monday Night Football game, and all of a sudden, you hear him stumble. And it almost sounds like he did a fart noise with his mouth, but like he's he's off screen, but he's still talking. They're watching Josh Allen throw. And you just hear him like almost stutter his words, and then he goes, literally just like that. I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm glad I didn't hear that. That's yeah, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to say about that. I had to rewind it because I was like, did Dan Orlowski just shit himself on live television? Might have been a mouth stroke. It might have been, but I'm saying like I could even look at the faces of the other guys. I can't remember who all was in the room with him and everything, but like you could see their faces. They were like, "What the fuck?" And you could tell they were trying to smell to see if he actually did fart. Now again, it, he probably misstumbled his words. Don't get me wrong; he probably did misstumble his words. That is that's a possibility. All right, but shitting his pants has not been completely ruled out. I know that for a fact. No one wants to shart, shart themselves. But you know, it's a part of life. And sometimes as you get older, you take a lot of lumps to the head. You can't control what your bowels do. I mean, you can't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Though, like, if I was Dan Orlovsky, I would just own that shit. Straight up. I would like turn over to someone and be like, man, you hear that barking spider? I will pay somebody to say that they shit for me. <laughs> How much would that be worth? Depends on how much money I got. Bidding starts at 20K. I mean, like, let's say you're like Stephen A. Smith and you're raking in $10 million. Uh, uh, 20K. 20K, I would, somebody can hire me to take the blame every time somebody shit their pants for 20K. I would do that. So you're saying that you would, you would get paid money to take the blame for. <clears throat> you're correct, sir. I bet that's like a really good way to make money right there. Effortlessly. That's like, that's that's got to be one of my newer, like get rich quick schemes. It's just taking the blame for like people shitting their pants on live TV. Like, have you sharded? Do you not want to take the blame? I need 20 G's, please. I can see the commercial for that. Did you recently shit your pants on live television? Do you not want to be held accountable? If so, please call JTAP. I will take the blame for you, and I will tell America that I, again, have shit my pants. And that's why he's a stand-up guy. Because I'll tell you what, Rick Ross would never fucking take the blame for that. Never. Never, not once. That's why we say, fuck Rick Ross, get your shot of Jack. Unless, unless he wants to sign me to a music deal in which I don't have to put out music. Well, that's true. Then at that point, he'd be a stand-up guy. Yeah, he'd be a real stand-up guy. But for right now... Fuck all that extra shit. Jack Mosley for president. Jack Mosley for life. But, uh, no, I just, I don't know. I, I was, I saw that and I had to, that was one of the things that I really had to talk about. Cause I was like, I've never in my life, it was like, it was almost like when, uh, Stephen A. Smith, like, I think it was like five, six years ago, dropped the M-bomb live on like first take with, with Skip Bayless. And he just immediately like, just, you could see he was like, oh shit. Thoroughly enjoyed that. But <clears throat> I think this day and age, like, he could get away with it a lot more now. Like, if he did it, I don't think it would stay in the news rotation as much. Like, the N-word is just getting devalued. Like, you can't say it. You can talk about 
uh, you can say the N word before you say anything about uh, the LGBTQ uh, PTM community. That is true, man. Like, but we fuck with y'all though. I mean, yeah, but you gotta stop fucking with uh, Dave Chappelle though. Like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, leave leave my guy Chappelle alone. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's a true gem, you know. I mean, he's essentially live South Park. Realistically, you don't give a fuck who you are. He's gonna he's gonna make fun of you. You're gonna get. He's an equal opportunity. Roasted, honey, roasted for you for you sweet motherfuckers. So yeah, um, we're gonna be moving on to our next segment. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was realistically the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I know this is gonna hurt your soul, Jack Mosley. There's some bitches. I know. My dad hates it. I'm not an Eagles fan myself. Shout outs to your dad. <laughs> but it's like, you can't deny that like they are really bitches. They're really good this year. They fucking suck. They're good this year. They're bitches. I mean, like, I hate I hate Tom Brady, okay? I like Tom Brady better than the Eagles. I don't like Tom. I, I hate Tom Brady worse than I hate any other team. But I respect the man. And I respect the fact that he, what he does. I don't respect the Eagles. I don't respect the Eagles either, but I respect what they're doing. What they're doing being bitches. Dude, right now, okay, look, for me, like, to make my case on this. Okay. And this was, and I remember I brought this up in my power rankings, though. Like, my main question that I had coming into the season with them was, you know, is Jalen Hurts an above average quarterback. <sighs> Not really. But I mean like he's right now he's showing everything to back up that he he is. Okay, and and let me run through some stuff with you. Right now Jalen Hurts is averaging. Now this is a small sample size for the start of this year. It's two or two games in, and so we've got a whole long way to go in the season. But like dude's balling out. He is averaging 361 yards of total offense. He's completing I think he's completing almost 70% of his passes. It was like 69.8% of his passes. Now, he does have only four touchdowns on the season, but he's just got one interception. And then then you go over to what he did to the Vikings, who who I believe coming into the season was going to be a top-10 team, and I had them number six in my power rankings uh, entering week two. All right, Dude completed, let's see, 20, went 26 a 31 333 passing yards one touchdown one interception ran for 57 more yards and then two more rushing touchdowns all right and that's just Jalen Hurts all right that's us just talking about Jalen Hurts that's not talking about all right they go on ahead and they go out in the offseason and they get A.J. Brown who has been a fucking dog for this team he has been a stud 15 catches on the year for 224 yards. The man has been balling. The defense is playing like a top 10 unit. In that in that Monday night game, they held Dalvin Cook, one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL, to just 2.8 yards a carry. All right. Then we start going over to these stats right here. They are first in points. They are they're first in points. <coughs> They are now the 23rd in sacks, so they're not getting a lot of they're not getting to the quarter. They're putting pressure on the quarterback. They're just not they're not getting the sacks and stuff like that. But fourth and interception, six in turnovers. 
I mean, while those numbers do make them look like a good team, at the end of the day, they're still some bitches. And they're going to do what we're known for doing. They're going to do all this and have a decent regular season and fuck it up. Fairly so. I mean, but they did win the Super Bowl back in 2017. I'm not saying this bunch will, but I, but like there's still a lot of the pieces on there. Front like a lot of the offensive line remains. I think uh, let's see, uh, Fletcher Cox is still there. I'm pretty positive they still got Brandon Graham, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, I got to do a quick search on that because I I'll tell you what, like there's sometimes where people just escape the shit out of me. True. I haven't thought too. Yeah, boy's still playing for. He's still playing there. Yes, they still got Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, big slay, uh, big game slay. He's playing over there. They got James Bradbury. They just got a, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Chauncey Gardner Johnson. C CJ twenty two from the Saints. They just got him. They beefed up that secondary. Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, solid. Miles Sanders. He's holding it down for the Brown over there. You over there sleeping on the Eagles, ain't you? Like a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You see, I had nothing for them. They're still bitches. Like, nah, I'll say this. I will give them this. Motherfuckers do have a good-looking squad to the beginning of the season. It's still early. I don't believe in Jalen. So, I mean, the rest of the team is solid, and I think they could do a little something, but I think they go as far as he goes, and I'm not willing to put much stock in him as the season progresses and people start paying more attention to him. The end. I mean, I feel you. So, like, now let me ask you just real quick off the top of your head. Where do you realistically, like, if you could give them a record? I had them going 11-6 and this year and winning the East. Like, what – like at least put a record on them to where you think I had us Cowboys winning the East um Dak being hurt I could see them winning the East now with a either 11 and 6 maybe 10 and 7 realistically but um that's respectable yeah that's respectable that's you being nice to them Still some bitches. You ain't never gonna, you ain't never gonna like give them their props. Well, uh, I'm gonna move on to <clears throat> um, Matt Rule and the Panthers. All right, and uh, so we go from talking about J Tap's most hated team to a team that I have a love hate relationship with. I love these boys, and they hate me so much because they continue to hurt me year in and year out. All right. But, no, I was reading and, uh, you know, Matt Rule's on the hot seat, which he was on the hot seat heading into the season. It was two consecutive five-win campaigns for them. This is going to be their, this, they just finished three straight five-win campaigns, two under Matt Rule. Um, But I'm telling you, like, if, I've been hearing from everything that if, uh, you know, if, if he doesn't win this week, then Tepper told he's gonna he's gonna be out the door. So, I I'll tell you, man. Like this is one of the things that you know really gets under my. Which first of all, I think that's the right move because Matt Rule, in my opinion, is what's holding the Panthers back. 
Um, I remember when in his first year we brought in Teddy Bridgewater as our quarterback to replace Cam Newton. And when he left and he went to Denver after we got Sam Darnold and we, you know, ended up getting rid of Bridgewater, you know, Teddy was like, you know, the whole time I was in Carolina under Matt Rule's system, I never once ran a two-minute drill. And it's like, what the fuck's that about? How, how are you not like, I mean, there's so many more things that come in, but that's such a critical thing. You know, two minute drills, like in a game, in, in football, like almost every game is decided by a touchdown and you're not going to run something like run, run probably one of the most important drills in the NFL. Like in, and I mean, you know, maybe there's other, but off the top of my head, like, like Tom Brady is the two minute drill King and everything. You know, like, and, and he, like that alone just shows you like how important that aspect is. If you played football, you want, you know, and I played football back in the day. If you played football, you know what, like how important a two minute drill is. And to not even run it is almost like a slap in the face. You, you have no business being an NFL coach. Now, I don't know if he started doing that since then. I don't know. Like I've not heard anyone come out and say anything, but then again, like we really haven't had a quarterback leave. Um, our team since then, except for like Cam Newton, who came back and left. But, you know, I mean, right now he's trying to get a job. So I don't think he's necessarily going to come out and say some shit talking and everything because that could prevent him from getting a job, you know. Um, but realistically, I'm all for Matt Rule leaving. Uh, I really am. And I know like if we got in an interim coach, you know, eventually like you can't just go out and hire his replacement immediately. You do have to wait for the season to end. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm really wondering, like, I, I would love to see Brian Flores come and coach the Panthers. I love that motherfucker. Um, I don't know what your thought. Like, I know you're a Cowboys fan. <clears throat> Sorry, I had, like, a little something in my throat. But I know you're a Cowboys fan, so I know, like, the Panthers head coaching position doesn't necessarily affect you and everything. Um, but I just – it's – you know, Ron Rivera was such a solid coach, and it's like, you know, towards the end, you start to see that, like, he wasn't making that halftime adjustments that he needed to. <clears throat> um, and it was almost the same excuse week in and week out, you know, missed opportunities, all of that. But still, all in all, throughout his career, he was a very solid coach, you know. All right, so, yeah, sorry, guys. I had to take a quick break real quick. Uh, I could... My throat was getting a little dry, so I had to take a sip of some water real quick. But, uh, yeah, no, so getting back, like, um, obviously we would have to move up, like, Steve Wilkes um, or uh, Ben McAdoo to, like, be the interim coach or something like that. A lot of the times, usually it's actually the special teams coordinator that gets bumped up to the head coach because they can do, you know, you can handle special teams and being the head coach at the same time. So we'll see what happens there, but... Um, there's so many things that have held us back with Matt Rule. First of all, he's had roster control, and I don't think, I don't think uh, any any type of uh, head coach should have control of roster construction. There's very few times it works out. It's worked with Bill Belichick. Um, it worked a little bit for Bill O'Brien back when he was with Houston, but uh, he started to get too, uh, you know, too cocky with it. So that that was one thing. Um, but Matt Rule, he's just, there's way too much, way too much uh, control for him for a guy who, you know, comes out of just being in college. And, you know, yes, he was a team builder and stuff like that. But college, building a, you know, solid college program versus, 
you know, building a like solid foundation in the NFL are two very different things. Um, but I remember hell in the off season, we had to settle for Bob McAdoo as our offensive coordinator when we were going after someone like Pep Hamilton, who I really wanted Pep Hamilton to be our offensive coordinator. I love what he did over there in Indianapolis, and I feel like he could be great for us. He would not even talk to us because he every like people think Matt Rule is a joke, and he I I fought for Matt Rule for a while. You know, I was like, you know, you look back at his Temple days, and then you go back to Baylor, and every year or every time he was with a new program, it was the first year was really bad, the second year you would start to see some progress, and then the third year like they pop. And right now it was the first year was shit. The second year was shit. The third year starting out is shit. It's been nothing but shit since he's been here. Um, I I don't know. Like I said, I don't care who steps in as our interim coach. Usually whenever you fire a coach halfway through the season, um, your, your season's essentially over. Plus, the guys that we got coming in have both been head coaches in the NFL before. Steve Wilkes was the coach for the Cardinals back when they uh, – acquired the number one overall pick for Kyler Murray. So he was the coach that led them to that. Now, a lot of that had to do with the fact that Mike McCoy was their offensive coordinator. There's a whole entire, like, there's a whole entire article dedicated to where if you want to, like, you know, just completely tank for a season, either bring Mike McCoy in as your offensive coordinator or head coach. That's how the Chargers got Joey Bosa and picked real high. But after they fired him, they, you know, went off and started having success and look at where they are now. <clears throat> Um, but no, I, like I said, I would either in the off season, the two guys that I would go after really hard, there's two guys, Brian Flores, because I love, I loved his defensive philosophy and I feel like that would mesh so well with what we're trying to do. Um, I loved what he did in Miami and I feel like he deserves to be a head coach. He, you know, you can't deny like this man took the Dolphins 10-6, and six, and then they went 7-9 and nine last year after starting out. I think they started out 0-7 and, and then turned it right around, and they went 7-2 and two the rest of the season. They were either 7-, and like, I, I can't remember what they did last year. I know they started out like 1-7, and seven, and I think they finished out like 8-9. and nine. It, was, it was a very crazy turnaround, and a lot of it had to do with his defensive scheming. Yeah. Um, or Sean Payton, though. Well, and I know he's linked to the Cowboys a lot, but like I can't help but feel like this almost feels a lot like the situation that he had with New Orleans. Okay, um, right now Baker Mayfield's not playing good, but you know you you're you're ten years older than I am, so you remember Drew Brees' early career with the Chargers before he went to the Saints and how trash he was with them, and well, he had one good season where they turned it around and went from worst to first. And then after that, he regressed massively. And then he had, what was it? I think it was a neck injury. And it was between him going to Miami or New Orleans. And uh, then he wound up going to New Orleans. And Sean Payton turned his career around. And I'm like, I feel like he could do the same with Baker Mayfield. I almost feel like Baker Mayfield's in such a similar situation than Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees is a lot more humble than Baker Mayfield. But that's just my opinion. Um, I don't know. All I know is, is we got to get him out of town. I feel like he's had some solid drafts. I feel like he's drafted like the right people in certain regards. Um, but I just, 
I, I don't know. I, he obviously whatever he's doing is not working. That's not to say that he's a bad coach. He's a very he's a very successful um, college coach, but that doesn't always translate to the NFL. So you know, I hear Nebraska's looking for somebody. So you know, maybe he just needs to go and you know coach the Cornhuskers and you know go out over there and you know just just leave the NFL to other other people i i don't know how much more i can stress it that we need to get him out of the building if we are going to have a shot to compete because he is clearly not the head coach for us so yeah guys um i kind of want to move on to a different segment talking about this is something that i've wanted to talk about for a while which was the whole Jimmy G Trey Lance situation and you know right now as, as everything's come full circle, we're noticing that the San Francisco 49ers look like geniuses for retaining Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I'll tell you what, though, my opinion on it, and this is not a slight at Trey Lance, um, I feel like he, he has all the tools to be very talented. In the game that we saw him against Chicago, there was flashes of him making solid runs. I fucks with it. I do, too. I think he's really good. I just... I hate that I feel like he's been thrusted into a situation where, you know, being drafted that high is, you know, you're almost like you have to give them the keys essentially. And you're giving a six, it's like you're giving a 16 year old keys to a fucking Maserati. Um, he played one full season at North Dakota state and, uh, played, I don't even think he played a full game in his sophomore season. Uh, they just did a showcase game, and I don't even think he played the whole entire game. I think he might have just played either one series or one quarter. I can't remember. Uh, but I don't think – I'm very positive that he didn't play the whole game. Um, but, I mean, I get that, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is very boring to watch. It's like, you know, it's almost like – I mean, watching – It's like your favorite porn. You've seen it a hundred times. But you kind of know that it's going to get you there, though. Well, see, that's... Yeah, I mean... Because you know when to nut. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, I was going to say it's like watching paint dry. But yeah, it's like, uh, it's like watching your favorite porn. No, it's like watching your favorite porn. But like... But like, you watch a different video where like... It's on like one of those time lapses where their mouth starts moving. And then all of a sudden, like three seconds later, they start talking. That's what it's like. But no, he's boring. He is boring to watch. I mean, but, like, it works. You know, you know they're going to go out and run 45 times a game. He's going to maybe throw 10 to 20 passes. I mean, hell, he only threw eight passes in one of the NFC Championship games that they played. Or either attempted or completed. I can't remember. And, but their defense is solid. Like, they got a good run game. And, like, yes, with Trey Lance, that playbook's going to open up a whole lot more. I mean, I think <clears throat> they just felt uh, a little bit more at ease with Jimmy G behind that, uh, him because, uh, like, closer towards the game, you could see all of them come around him and they were just celebrating him, like, real hard. Yeah. Like, it was nothing against Trey, but they just separated, celebrated him just like, I mean, like everybody, like a big circle, like he was Rudy or somebody, so... And I, I think I think it's unfair to I'll tell you I think it's unfair to both Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Okay, it really is. Uh, Jimmy G, don't get me wrong. If 
you know, if I had to choose who I want as my long-term quarterback, I would roll the dice with Trey Lance because the 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 ceiling is so much higher. But the floor with Jimmy Garoppolo is so much higher than Trey Lance. You know what I mean? And so it's like you know what you're going to get. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo is essentially like a – he's basically like a Toyota Corolla, a Honda Civic. You know, it's not flashy. It's not nothing like this good to look at. I mean, I mean, I mean, women think he's good to look at, but you know what I mean. Like, like his game is nothing good to look at. Um, but he's gonna get you where you need to go. He's serviceable. He's reliable. You know, but he's, you know, whereas Trey Lance is, Trey Lance is like a sports utility vehicle. He's like a Hummer. He's like a like a Maserati. You know, a Bugatti. You know, is he a Fugazi Bugatti? Who knows. But <laughs> that sounded pretty dope. A Fugazi, but I gotta find me a Fugazi Bugatti. It was kind of hard. You gotta take like a little Honda Civic and then just like three D print a Bugatti, uh, like body parts on it and everything, and just like attach that shit on there. The Fugazi Bugatti. Ah <laughs> uh, man, <laughs> but um, no, like that's what he is. Like, you know, he's flashy. He can make solid plays. And he has the potential to be, like, a very good quarterback. He has the potential to be on the level of a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen. That is his ceiling. Is that is that going to happen? We don't know. But, uh, you know, the one thing is where it's unfair for Jimmy G is mainly because, you know, I do feel like he deserves to be a starter in the NFL. I do believe that he deserves to have a team to call his own. Um, I feel like he's handled the situation so much better. It's not like Ryan Tannehill where he was like tell, saying, I'm not here to fucking teach Malik Willis. That if he wants to learn, he can learn on his own. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is like literally working with Trey Lance all the time. I feel like when Ryan Tannehill said that, I think he wanted to say bitch at the end. Like, I'm not teaching him that, bitch. Yeah. And I mean, like, but there's some people that are like that. Like, Ryan Tannehill's just salty. And he's upset that they drafted somebody who also is like Malik Willis could have honestly has like that the ceiling to be up there. You know what I mean? Um But but yeah, man. Um I that's where they did him the injustice is I felt like that, you know, you should have been straight up front with Jimmy G with how everything was gonna go down, and same thing with Trey Lance. And so I would have this and I'm saying like if I was John Lynch, this is how I would have handled it. And I know I've been all over the place with it, but you know I would have just essentially sat him down and I would have been like you know told Trey Lance like look this is how I foresee things going. You guys are gonna compete it out. If like if we feel like Jimmy G puts us in the best situation to win, we're gonna roll with him. We want you to sit under him the first bare minimum. I would have sat him on the bench the first year unless he just truly wowed me and gave me no reason but to start him. But I'd have been like, you know, we're going to, if we're getting our ass handed to us, you're coming in. If we're blowing somebody out, then, you know, we're going to send you in. And no matter what, we're going to give you one to three plays, probably RPOs or some designed runs, whatever. One to three a game, no matter what, that you're going to get in there and you're going to see live NFL action. And, uh, and then you're going to be doing stuff to learn the playbook and getting a deeper understanding. So when you come in, you are mentally prepared. Now, fast forward to the next offseason, which would be this this past offseason. Same thing. You and Jimmy G, you're going to battle it out. We've got him for one more season. Um, once all of that's done. And regardless, I would have still talked to Jimmy G. And what they did was smart to restructure his deal. I would have definitely made sure to do that, and they did. 
That's smart. You want to have a good backup just in case. But and if you decided to roll with Trey Lance like they did, you got to stick with that and say, he's our guy, he's our guy. And they did do that. I would have still, though, just sat Trey Lance down for another year. And I would have just been like, look, we're going to let Jimmy G, you know, play one more year, build up his, uh, you know, build up his value so he can go on ahead and try and eat this offseason, number one. Number two, again, we want you to have a deeper understanding of the playbook, you know, because like I said, he played like, what, 13 games in college for the subdivision. Now, granted, North Dakota State's the, the Alabama of the subdivision, but you're not playing legitimate NFL talent, you know. Do the same thing, though. If Jimmy G, if we feel comfortable and feel like he's going to put us in the better situation, we're going to roll with him, getting our ass kicked, or if we're kicking somebody's ass, we're going to thrust you in there and you're going to play. And then we're going to ramp up those one to three plays. We're going to give you about five to seven, you know, or three to seven. Because you can't, you can't, like in the NFL, you can't just script things. Right. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and honestly, maybe, maybe it works out to where they can throw him in for like 10 times in a game. I don't know. But, you know, like Jimmy G's not an RPO guy. Trey Lance can be. And that's going to help out your offense. And it's not going to hurt Jimmy G because he's like, you know what? I don't do that stuff. So it, it adds that extra element and it gives him a chance to see what NFL speed is like at a higher level. Um, and that's how I would have handled that situation. But it's like, you know, a lot of people sit there and say, you know, you, you know, you can't just sit there and if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. They both know what the situation is. Jimmy G knows. They were up front with him. Trey Lance should know. They've done him an injustice by drafting him that high, though, because that puts you in that situation where it's like, now it's like, I, sh I should be the starter. Um, But, you know, it's like, it it's not fair. Like it's and, it, and also because it's like, again, you're not facing, in college, you didn't face... Not only did you not face enough competition, you weren't, you didn't face legitimate NFL talent. So it's not like you're ready. Like Patrick Mahomes, he, you know, yeah, people can sit there and say, well, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he sat behind Alex Smith for one year and everything. Patrick Mahomes was a two to three year starter at Texas Tech, a Power Five conference. Okay, he played, he played the guys that he played against in college are in the NFL right now. You know, Justin Herbert played at Oregon. And he sat behind Tyrod Taylor. He would have sat behind Tyrod Taylor probably the whole year if Tyrod Taylor didn't get injured. You know, same thing with Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen went to Wyoming, but he he was a two-year starter at Wyoming. And, you know, yes, Wyoming is not, you know, anywhere near like Oregon or anything like that. But they were still going to let him, you know, sit behind. They were, they were going to let him sit behind uh, Tyrod Taylor the whole year until I think Tyrod got hurt or something like that, which – Sucks to be Tyrod Taylor. I love that dude. And he has just been like the gateway to he is like what's that uh what's that movie Good Luck Chuck? Yeah, good he's good luck Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> like he's fucking good yeah, luck Chuck. I fuck with good luck Chuck. <laughs> he's not he's not getting married, but he's the dude that leads to the marriage. Yeah, like, hey look, bone me and then the next person will marry you. Exactly. That I'll tell you what though, if I if I ever make it to be a GM in the NFL, I don't care if Tyrod Taylor's like fifty some odd years old. I'm calling him up and be like, "Look, man, can you you want to play quarterback for us?" Call him up and then like it's gonna be like two days before the draft, and then I'm gonna draft a quarterback and I'm like, "Game, we've got our franchise guy." They're like, "You just signed Tyrod Taylor." I know, but we just drafted the dude, and this track record shows. 
I did. All you got here in the background is fuck. <laughs> nah, then at 50 years old, we'd trot him out there and he'd fucking die. Yeah, man. Local news today. Man threw a touchdown, got hit, and his ass came blew out. It was one of the ugliest things we've ever seen. Well, it's because Tyrod Taylor's not Tom Brady, you know? Like, Tyrod Taylor's a stand-up dude. He doesn't suck blood out of children to, like, stay young forever. (laughs) Tom Brady said it's avocado ice cream. Like, how do you even fuck with that? That sounds horrible. Tell me Tom Brady right now doesn't look like somebody just uh, upgraded a version of Kevin Bacon. I can see that. Um, Tom Brady looks like he gets discounts and then complains when he doesn't get like the the clearance sale and the discount. Like, sir, we can't give you both. I need to speak to somebody. I'm not happy about this. I bet I bet Giselle wears a strap on. I kind of figured you were going to say this. So <laughs> I still fuck with Tom, but uh, that's kind of... You know what the strap-on's name is? Uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, she got a little hood on it, too. Before but she Tom named it. She got a sleeveless hoodie on. She pulls her strap off all. I'm like, yeah, you know what it's time for. Let's Just run that play. Just say we're on to Cincinnati, Bill. Just say we're on to Cincinnati. Oh, oh, oh. Random dolphin noises ensue. Yeah, that's rough. But yeah, so essentially Tyrod Taylor is good luck Chuck. <laughs> I can I can fuck with that. Um but yeah, no, like that's that's my thing. I feel like they've just done a disservice to uh Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Like realistically, it's um but now they look like geniuses. I feel like this is the best thing for Trey Lance. Like it sucks that he's injured. It it really does. Like I I don't wish injury on anybody. But, and this, and like an ankle injury is going to like really like, it's not, it's not like tearing your ACL or something like that, but like anything when you're a dynamic runner, like he is like anything with the feet or the legs or anything like that, like it's, it's not, it's just not good, but it gives him a year to, you know, study the playbook a little bit more, like get a deeper understanding of it, watch how Jimmy G handles like everything and watch how. You know, uh, and just another another year doesn't hurt. I mean, and like I said, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he he did this. You know, Aaron Rodgers sat behind for, you know, uh, for four years. And, and again, like, you know, you start looking at some of these guys that have been in those situations and stuff, you know, I mean, Pat, I don't, th- I mean, do you really think, what if Pat Mahomes didn't get to sit behind Alex Smith for that whole season? Like, I mean, probably he'd still be the dude he is, but you can't tell me that didn't help, you know? Oh, yeah, I think that helped a lot. Here, pause real quick. All right, sorry about that, guys. I had to take a quick pause. I had a phone call real quick, so, you know. But, I mean, we're going to we're gonna be moving on to our final segment shortly. But, yeah, I mean, to wrap it up, essentially, like, I feel like the, the, there's some things that were handled the right way with the Jimmy G and Trey Lance situation, but there's some that weren't handled properly like and i remember in the off season where jimmy g was getting annoyed by the whole jimmy garoppolo was annoyed by them restructuring him and and again i just feel like if things were handled differently and you were more upfront with with both of them like i feel like they were more upfront with jimmy g than they were trey lance is what it's seeming like to me 
And I feel like the, it wouldn't have annoyed him if they were more up front. I feel like they probably let him <clears throat> told him that they were going to trade him, and then they just didn't, or they didn't release him. But, like, I don't know, man. I just, that's what I would have done. That's exactly how I would have handled the situation. And, I mean, I think the whole time, where, you know, where you're letting someone know, like, like if, I don't know Trey Lance's attitude, but, like, he seems like a solid enough dude where if you literally sat him down and were like, we want to do this because th we think this is the best, we want to put you in the best situation possible. And if you laid out the roadmap for him right out the gate and everything, and also, what the fuck's he going to do? He's under contract for four years. Nothing, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing. And like, and then what's he gonna do? Like, after he sits down for two years, is he just gonna shit the bed and everything to, just to get back at you for not starting him for two years? Because then he's just shit, shitting himself out of money. I mean, you know, it's I don't know. It's one of those catch twenty twos. But I don't feel like I feel like if somebody had sat him down and was like, "This is," and handled it that way. I feel like it would have worked. Now, I know in today's day and age, like, egos are egos, and, like, players' egos are a whole different than it used to be back in the... But, you know, I still feel like he would have understood being like, I play one year at North Dakota State, one game in my second year, and, like, now you're going to thrust me into the NFL. Like, I feel like that's, like, if there's any situation that's understandable, that one is. Um, but, no, we're going to move on to our uh, final segment. Um, let's see, we're coming up on about 50 minutes, so I'm going to try to make this quick because I do want to actually do my picks for this upcoming Sunday with JTAP. Um, man, I mean, you know what, like I, I don't mind running just a little over an hour and stuff like that. So I'm going to try to knock it out real quick. But one of the, the, the one thing I want to talk about was Matt Ryan and the Colts and how, how just how awful they have been this season. Um, they have really uh, shattered my expectations, and not in a good way. I, I thought they would be 2-0, not 0-2. Um, I had them, I want to say, as my number six team in my power rankings in the first week, dropped them down to, I think, 12, and then dropped them down to, I want to say, 18 in week three. Um, it's, it's like when I was going over with them in my power rankings, like the main problem is Matt Ryan. He's throw, He has thrown four interceptions and five fumbles, if I'm not mistaken. Um, thrown four interceptions and has five fumbles. That's nine turnovers in two games. That's trash. Dumpster juice, ladies and gentlemen. Dumpster juice. Dumpster juice. But it's I'll tell you the one thing is it's to me, it is impressive the, what the Colts have done over the last few years is impressive because, you know, they got thrusted into a very, very unexpected situation back in 2018 when Andrew Luck retired in week three of the preseason. It was either week three or week four. And they had just come off of, or no, it was 2019 because 2018 is when, uh, I think 2018 is the year that uh, he put up that really solid. It was either 2017 or 2018, but it doesn't really matter. Um, anyway, which I'll tell you what cool story for that whole entire situation. I, I pulled the biggest train dodge since Stand By Me. The the first three kids, though, not. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, not, not, that, not that one kid. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, so I traded Andrew Luck. And Le'Veon Bell to a dude on my in my like dynasty league, traded Andrew Luck and Le'Veon Bell for two first round picks for his next two first round picks and his next two second round picks, 
And that was also the year Le'Veon had just signed with the Jets. And then, like, obviously he just plummeted. Like, didn't have a good season with the Jets. Was off the Jets the very next season. And, like, I'm telling you, like, I, I mean, obviously I didn't predict this to happen. But it was still, like... A finesse move. It was. Like, I, I felt so bad because it's like, it was literally, like, a week after I made the trade, Luck retires. But they, I mean, they've done really good for a team that had to overcome that. They got Jacoby Brissett came in. They went seven and nine, and that was so like that shows you that team had Super Bowl aspirations. If Jacob and Jacoby Brissett's not a scrub, he's just not. He's not a starter. He's like that. He's that filling guy. If you need, that's why the Browns got him right now. Um, you know, and then they go out and get an old Philip Rivers. Now, again, and I'm going to be fair like I did in my – that they do usually start out slow, and this started with the whole Phillip Rivers days. You know, Phil, and even with Andrew Luck, when they went to the playoffs um, in 2017 or 2018, Andrew Luck's last year, they started out 1-5, and five, and they went on ahead and, you know, ended up making it to the playoffs. Or they, they Maybe not 1-5. and 1-5, and five, I think, was the Phillip Rivers years, or maybe it was 2-5. and five. Yeah, 1-5 was the year when Andrew Luck was – the quarterback and then they started out two and five with philip rivers and they both i think both years they finished out 10 and 6 if i'm not mistaken um so they're used to starting out slow last year they started out one and four and finished out nine and eight if it wasn't for losing to jacksonville on the last game of the season they would have finished out 10 and 7 and made the playoffs um so they are used to slow starts, and then they come back and have a really solid second half. So maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe Matt Ryan needs more time to adjust. But like, I, and I, and now don't get me wrong. I and I'm going to bring up Baker Mayfield for a second. I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. I don't like him. Um, I think he has a lot of talent, but I feel like the Baker Mayfield would have been better for the Colts than Matt Ryan. And the only reason being is Matt Ryan's 36. His time is almost up, and they said that they wanted to find a long-term solution. They're tired of getting Band-Aids. Is Baker Mayfield a Band-Aid? Maybe. Who knows? But you at least have somebody who has potential to be a to be like something better. We've seen how good he can play with a team that is already like ready-built for you. Like the, the Browns had a very solid team for him, and he played well. He just got hurt last year. Now he's playing on the Panthers in a new offense. Shit head coach. Not as good of an offensive line. Defense is solid. He's got weapons, but he just doesn't have time. Um, And I feel like Baker Mayfield, realistically, as long as you have a solid offensive line, I feel like he could be a solid quarterback. And that's one thing Indianapolis has, and that's one thing they do here lately since Chris Ballard took over, is they draft well. But that's... That's my thing, though, is they they put Band-Aids on at the quarterback position, and they've been able to be a relevant team and to be a team that me and a lot of other people have considered as a Super Bowl contender with a brand-new quarterback every single year since Andrew Luck left. But I also would have stuck with Carson Wentz. I, I would have stuck with Carson Wentz if I was in Indianapolis. He put up a very solid season last year. And, uh, you know, yeah, like the game against Jacksonville, like that, that was – that was the nail in the coffin. I'd, I'd tell you, man, like, I feel like if they had stuck with him, I feel like they'd be in a better position right now than if they had went with Matt Ryan. I don't know what you think about it. 
But if I was the Colts, I would have stuck with Carson Wentz. And I feel like he has that potential to be a solid quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely could see that. Um, I don't know. You just feel like, uh, like, is Carson Wentz ever going to get, like, over that hump? And I think that's probably what they were thinking, too. It's to say, I mean, I still think he's probably more of a safe bet. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, either one, I still don't think you get to a championship. So, I mean, it's kind of like mashed potatoes with or without the gravy. If the shit ain't good, it still ain't going to be all that good. I mean, it might, you might, it might hold, one might hold you over a little bit longer, one might taste a little bit better than the other one, but it's still not going to get you where you need to be. Um, I definitely think Carson Wentz fits better with that team than Matt Ryan does. But like I said, I think Carson Wentz's reputation is starting to follow him everywhere he goes. And that's just how I feel. I mean, I feel you. I look, I'm not and I'm not saying that Carson Wentz, like I don't think I think the days of him I remember at one point, like back when he was had an M V P campaign in twenty seventeen before he got hurt and before everything really started falling off, that you know, there was people, I was like, I was like, this is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. He was looking like that dude. Um, those days are gone. You know, and I'm a realist. Like, I remember thinking that, you know, like, he can get back to it. He's not going to get back to that level, I don't think. And that, you know, that's no disrespect to him. Um, I do, however, feel like that he could be a quarterback that can hover between the 10 to 15 range. I feel like he can. He's He put up good numbers last year. He was... Uh, I, I think he completed, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 63, 64% of his passes, something like that. It was long. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I know he threw 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions. That's, that's almost a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. That's solid. That's very good. You know, that, that was better numbers than what Derek Carr put up last year. And and, you know, there's a lot of talking heads out there, which, I mean, I also am somebody, like, I'm not a talking head, but, like, I mean, great, I have my own podcast. But it's not, like, Colin Coward's the best way to describe it. He's a big fan of Derek Carr. He's the best. I like Derek Carr. And if I think Derek Carr's good, but Carson Wentz puts up better num can put up better numbers than him, you know, you got to at least kind of hold him in some type of realm that he's actually, and he's doing really good in Washington, He's, you know, now he's on a second team in as many years, and he's actually doing solid in Washington, putting up numbers there. Um, now, granted, two games, I'll, you know, albeit it's just two games. Don't get me wrong, small sample size, but that's my thing. Is he gives you long jet? He gives you a l much longer. And Matt, and you know, like also your point saying that, you know, he's not going to get you where you need to go. You know, is Matt Ryan really going to get you where you need to go? No, not even close. That's what I'm saying. I think Carson, like I said, Carson is mashed potatoes with the gravy. Matt Ryan's. Oh, Matt Ryan's just mashed potatoes yeah, without the gravy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl before. Right. You know, Ryan has. But 28-3, man. I mean, you had a chance. I mean, once you don't finish. Like they said, some people get there once and they never get there back again. And I feel like that's just going to be the story for Matt Ryan. That's, I do too, you know. 
That's it. Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would have much rather, I think Carson Wentz was, was, he was the number two overall pick in 2016. So I think he was 22, if I'm not mistaken. Now let's fast forward six years later. So he's 28. He's eight years younger than Matt Ryan. He's eight years younger than Matt Ryan. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I would take someone who I believe, which, and I'll tell you what, even right now in their careers, I don't think they're that far off of each other. Now, if it was Matt Ryan four years ago, that's a different story. Well, he was Matty Ice. Yeah. Like, but yeah, not, I don't think, I don't think there's a whole lot of separation between them. I think you just gave up a lot for like literally a less. And also the one thing is like the offense is so much more stagnant right now because they're, you know, Matt Ryan, he does not run RPOs. They're not running RPOs anymore like they could with Carson Wentz, who, you know, isn't as mobile as he was back before the injuries, but he's still a lot more mobile than Matt Ryan. I mean, like, Matt Ryan is literally just like a statue in the pocket. And also, I've, my biggest issue with Matt Ryan is, like, he is such a smart quarterback that he's almost too smart for his own good. I will literally sit there, and I've seen – Back when Julio, like back when he was playing with Julio, you know, Julio would be in double coverage, but Julio's good enough that he can go up in double coverage and get that shit. And all of a sudden he's just like, oh, Julio's double covered. I must throw to someone else. And you'll have a tight end that's just sitting there wide open. Looks like he's wide open, but there's a safety kind of cheating back just enough because he knows Matt Ryan is going to try to throw that underneath route to the smart play. It is the smart play. And just going to cheat under, interception, whatever. Turn the ball over. When realistically, you could have, if you throw it up to Julio in double coverage, he's a good enough player that fit, that 50-50 ball now becomes a 70-30 ball, not only. But if it doesn't wind up in his hands, he's good enough to make it to where it doesn't wind up in the defender's hands. You know what I mean? And he had that skill going for him. And Matt Ryan just never had that grasp of, you know, of risking it. And sometimes you have to risk it in the NFL. No risk it, no biscuit, man. You know what I mean? Um, I I love Frank Reich. Jonathan Taylor's a fucking beast. Darius Leonard leads that defense. They also got, uh, what's that one dude? DeForest Buckner. He's solid. They've got a great offensive line in place. You know, they are missing, um, you know, ever since Anthony Costanzo left on the left tackle side, like they're missing someone on over there, but they'll be, they can get that fixed later on. Don't get me wrong. They have guys. They have guys in place that can help them win. And I feel like they're going to have to go back to what they did last year and use Jonathan Taylor more and then pass catch with Naheem Hines a little bit. Start doing some of that. I feel like they'll be good. I think this team's going to stumble a little bit in the beginning until Matt Ryan gets a full understanding of the playbook. But I tell you what, like, if I was them, like, I, I mean, can you even get rid of him next season? That's the question. If he continues to do, like, if he doesn't, if, like, let's say that he, the Colts finish out with a worse record than they did with Carson Wentz last year. Can you get rid of him? Like, is that, I, I don't know how much guaranteed money he has. Yeah, that, okay, that would be the question. But other than that, fuck yeah. Like, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now real quick to see how much guaranteed money uh, Matt Ryan has and see, like, oh, I'm typing so, I would, Typed way too fast. How much guaranteed money? You want to know what sucks? I, I, I can't off the top of my head like spell guaranteed. 
It was like, G- I can't remember if it's like the GU or the GA. Yeah, there it is. It's G-U-A. All right, cool, 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 cool. I can spell a little bit. But uh, no, like, because if he has a lot, I mean, you know, if he has a lot, that's going to be really hard to get rid of. So it's like the Colts elected to make the rest of Matt Ryan's $54 million contract guaranteed. That would include paying him a $7.5 million roster bonus that came due on Tuesday morning. That was back on March 22nd. So, um, that would mean that he's got $47 million left owed on him. And I think by the end of the season, he'll have paid, I think if I'm not mistaken, I feel like that by the end of the season, they'll probably only owe him 10 million more dollars. So it's like, realistically, I don't know if that would be too much for them to kick back if they'd become, but I mean, if, if the struggles continue to happen and they finish out, like it's a realistic possibility that they could finish out seven and 10, six and 11. Yes. And if they do, like, that's the question is, do you want to just pay for that and try to find someone else? Like, but what do you do at that point? Who wants Matt Ryan then? You know, that's, these are the questions that I have. I mean, I think as long as he's comfortable being a backup, somebody would pick him up. Yeah. I mean, they would. And I mean, you know, now this is all hypothetical stuff. Cause I do realistically, I do think that they're going to fix everything. I think they're going to finish somewhere around the 10 and seven mark. Um, I had them going 11 and six this year. Um, so it's like I'm dropping them one game, but even at ten at ten and seven, I don't think that makes the playoffs in the AFC. It doesn't, you know. I think, which you know, like now I had Cincinnati Bengals going twelve and five, eleven and six to thirteen and four. That was my range for them. Okay, they've obviously lost two games. That's going to be harder to get to that mark, but they're still gonna they're gonna win their division. I I still believe they're gonna win their division. Um, or Baltimore, Baltimore, or, you know, Baltimore probably will win the division. One of those two are, all right. You know, you start, that's the North. Then you go to the South and everything right now. That's up in the air. The Jaguars right now are leading the South. They could win the division. They're sneaky. They've got a solid offense. Yes. Uh, So that's a possibility, but you know, let's leave the South up in the air. And I mean, honestly, let's just go on ahead and say the Jags do win the division. Let's say that because you know, if you win the division, you're obviously in. So that'd be the one thing that would prevent them from making the playoffs. Uh, so let's say the Jags do go on ahead and sneak in there, win the division. You know, you go to the AFC East. Bills are winning that division, in my opinion. The Dolphins could, but whoever whoever comes in second, in my opinion, is in the playoffs in the East. And then you got the West. Chargers and the Chiefs, they're definitely going to be in there. I would literally bet a year's salary not really, because I don't fuck with, like, fuck that. Like, I, I got to pay the bills, too. But anyway, like, I hypothetically, if I had enough to offer up for a year's salary, I would do it. I'm that confident with the Chargers and the Chiefs. And, I mean, Denver, they're eventually going to get things figured out, too. You got to think they're going to be they're gonna be one of the teams competing for a wild card spot. Yeah. You know? Like I said, whoever's second place in the AFC East, they're competing for that wild card spot. Um, you know? And then, at that point... You know, that right there is, let's see, that right there, that's already three other teams, and there's seven teams that are going into the playoffs. That's So now you're talking about fighting with those three guys. Plus, the North, you got either the Bengals or the Ravens, whichever one loses that division, because Joe Burrow and the Bengals aren't going to continue to lose. They're, they're, they're not. Like, they're going to pull shit together. So that, that's eight teams right there. I mean, that's four other teams that you're sitting there competing with that you got to try to be better than that you couldn't be better than last year. 
I don't think they go. I don't either. I'm really leaning more towards they don't. And I hate to say this because I love Frank Reich and I love that team. That's I love the, you know, like the history within the Colts and everything. Like, and I think, and I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he deserves to have a shot to compete and, you know, but I feel like a lot of, I'll tell you what the Colts remind me of. And it's so weird that, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor wears that 28. Adrian Peterson's Vikings. Gonna be, gonna be in it. We're gonna be close. Gonna probably, but you know, not gonna. I don't think it's. I think that's what his career is gonna be like. Um. So yeah, that's that's gonna wrap up that segment. And then, like I said, last thing I want to do is uh, go to the NFL scores and check out the upcoming weeks or the upcoming week and everything, do some little predictions. That's not going to take that long. We're going to jot through them real quick. I'm going to give mine. Jay Taft's going to give his. Um, so I now, granted, the Thursday night football game was last night. Um, I did think the Steelers were actually going to win that game. Um, but the Browns, they they really, their defense showed up. Uh, Chubb ran for 100 yards. Amari uh, Cooper, seven catches. A bucko one with a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett, man, 21 of 31 for 320 yards. I had the Browns or winning that. Because I like, I mean, Chubb is, Chubb is really getting it. Chubb is showing his ass off. I think Chubb, I think the statistic I read is that he, since entering the league, he has the most 100-yard games out of any NFL running back since he entered the league. Yes, sir. Chubb. Now... Did him and did him and Jonathan Taylor come in in the same year? Not sure if it was the exact same. I know it was close to each other. It might have been. This is Taylor's third year, right? I think. Yeah, I think I do believe so. I think this is Chubb's fourth year. Then, like yeah. he came in the year they drafted Baker Mayfield, so he yeah. came in in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because he was Baker Mayfield was the first round pick, and then it was uh, then Chubb was the second round pick or something like that. Yeah, I think they had two first round picks that year. They did. They got Baker, but they didn't get Chubb with their first with their. They didn't get Chubb. Oh, okay. Because they went Baker, and then, I think they traded back because I think they had the first and the fourth. They had the first and the fourth. They went Baker, and then it went Saquon, and then it went uh, Sam Darnold, and they drafted. Oh no 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 no! no. They they drafted that def. There was a defensive back that they drafted. Uh, Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, that's who they drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then yeah, they got Chubb in the second round. Um, so you said you had the Browns winning. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you would you would we'll give you the one on that one because I, I like I said I had the Steelers. So, um, but let's go over the one o'clock games. We've got uh, Texans, Bears, Raiders, Titans, Chiefs, Colts, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Vikings, <clears throat> Ravens, Pats, Bengals, Jets, Eagles, Washington. Commanders, we are commanders. Bum, bada, bum, 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 bum. Saints, Panthers, and that's going to conclude the 1 o'clock games. We'll go on to the 4 o'clock slot later. So, uh, first one up is uh, Texans, Bears. Um, Bears. You're going with the Bears? Bounce back win. Bounce back win. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with the Texans. I think the Texans are going to win that game. They've been really gritty, and uh, I feel like that uh, as well as they played Indian, as well as they played Denver, I think they could take the Bears easy. Uh, plus, this is Lovey Smith's old team that he coached. So, kind of a little, little grudge match right there. But, uh, yeah, I'll take Texans. You take Bears. Uh, Raiders, Titans. I want to go Raiders. Yeah, I think the Raiders. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big believer in Tennessee right now. 
Um, Chiefs Colts, I'm definitely going Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, going Chiefs for sure. Um, Bills Dolphins. Yeah, I gotta go Bills too, man. Uh, I think I think Josh Allen and the Bills—they are just—they're a fucking juggernaut, man. I could easily see them going like fourteen and three. But I'm definitely gonna put this game right here on spoiler a spoiler alert. Yeah, it could be. But I mean, I'll tell you what, man. Like this game, this game is one of the ones where I think it's gonna like it's not like a crucial win. Don't get me wrong, but I think this is a crucial win for division rights. Let's go set the toe. Yeah. Um, Lions Vikings. I, I'm going Lions actually. I yeah. Uh, I I I really think the you Lions. Know what? Uh, something tell me. I I'm, I'm gonna go Vikings. You're gonna go Vikings. I don't think, and I'll tell you what, like, it wouldn't shock me if the Vikings won, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I think that the Lions are on the come up, the Vikings are a solid team, but I feel like that these two are competitive enough where they're going to split, and I'll tell you what a lot of people don't understand, that, like, the Lions are on the road, right, and the road, the road split happens more often than you think, you know, the road team usually wins the division, uh, the divisional game a lot more often. Um, Ravens, Patriots, Ravens, Ravens, I'm going to go Patriots and I'll tell you why, like, and I think Lamar's good and I think the Ravens are going to be solid, but Bill Belichick actually does scheme fairly well against running quarterbacks. Um, but I'll tell you what it really, I'm just going to, I want to go with a few underdog picks every now. I like to go with the underdog pick every now and again. I feel like, I feel like he can. Um, but it really, like, I'm telling you, would not shock me if, like, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just blew them out the fucking water. I just feel like they, uh, let the last one slip, and they just, damn, gotta get that nasty taste out there, man. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but, uh, no, I'm I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take an underdog for that one. Um, Bengals, Jets, I'm going Bengals. They gotta get that 0-2 monkey off their back. Yeah. Yeah, I fuck with Joe Burrow. Yeah, I do too. I think it's like out of 400 teams that have started 0-2, I think it's like 14% of them. I think it was like 45 out of 400 have made it to the playoffs after starting out 0-2. And it's like, so it's like 14%. But I do feel like Joey Joey B and the Bengals are going to be, you know, the 46th team. But uh, let's see. Eagles versus uh, Commanders. I want the Commanders to win. I think the Eagles will win, but I want the Commanders to win. I think the Eagles are going to win. Um, I think they're going to start out four and zero or three and zero. They're going to be three and zero. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it's going to be a blowout because generally nah. division games aren't. Um, nah. But I think that you know it's going to be a side. I think Carson Wentz though is actually going to side thing. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a really good game. I do too. Uh, you know, I very well think he will. Um, Saints Panthers. Uh, Panthers. You're going with the Panthers? I'm going with the Saints, man. I, I love the Panthers, but we are just, we start out slow, and then this defense for the Saints, is, is it's too good, man. This is, is going to be the best defense we've faced all year, and Baker Mayfield is just, like, he he couldn't get it going the last <clears throat> two weeks. I mean, the Giants put up a solid defensive battle against us, don't get me wrong, but this is, the Saints are a step up for sure. True. Um, so that's the one o'clock games moving on to the four Oh five and the four twenty five slots. 
We've got uh, Jags versus Chargers, Rams versus Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, and then uh, Packers, Bucks. So we're going to start out Jags versus Chargers. Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence. That's going to be a nice shootout. Chargers. I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I, you know, um, yeah, I'll go Chargers too. I think the Chargers get this one. They, they played the Chiefs real well. Um, I think the Jags are on the cusp, but I don't think they're good enough to get past, you know, like they got, like you're talking about Khalil Mack, uh, Asante Samuels Jr., he's starting to ball for the Chargers. Then they got Derwin James, who's like a fucking stud. They're, the Chargers have fixed their offensive line over the last few years. They've got weapons. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. Uh, Rams-Cardinals. Rams. Rams. I, I, I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals. The Rams need to clean up some things. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams. The, I, the, the Rams, they got to clean up some stuff for me, man. Like, they really do. Um, and I think the Cardinals can easily come in and sneak this one out. This is not yeah. the same Rams team it was last year. It's not. It's not. Um, Falcons, Seahawks. I really don't even care about this one. I don't but, either. Um, I'm going to fuck with Geno. You're going to fuck with Geno? I'm going to fuck with Geno. I think, I think they're going to throw Desmond Ritter in this game. I think this is the game where we get to see Desmond Ritter. And I think the Falcons are going to win this one. I had, I think I had the Falcons winning this one early in the season. Or like in my like... When I did my like playoff predictor, yeah, you know, you go through the season. I'm pretty positive that I had them winning this game. Um, I'm gonna stick with that. Um, ooh, Rogers versus Brady, Packs Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, Bucks for sure. The Packers are still figuring out who that wide receiver is gonna be to take over for Devontae, and this is not the team that you want to try to figure. Like, yeah, <coughs> that the the Buccaneers, if I remember correctly, are like no, they've got the best pass rush. They they have the number one defense right now, I think, and I know they definitely have the best pass rush right now. Yep. Uh, so and yeah, they're gonna just fucking demolish. I think it's good, and I would almost say that it's gonna be, I'm gonna say thirteen to twenty eight. I can see that. I'm going twenty eight thirteen bucks. For some reason, I feel like twenty seven fourteen. Twenty seven fourteen. All right. All right. Well, shit. I'll tell you what. Let's do like a little. Uh, let's do like a little ten dollar bet on that one. Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, your spread is like thirteen and a half. We'll do a thirteen and a half spread on it. Okay. And uh, so if you're doing a thirteen point win, you'll take the thirteen under, and I'll take the. Or do you want to do that? <laughs> All right, I'll do a third. I'll take the thirteen over. There we go. A little like ten dollar bet or something like that. You know, I don't really like betting big amounts and everything because I feel like that's stupid. So you like a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars is generally as high as I go. I, I think betting is stupid. You know, we could do a, either a single or a Benjamin. Yeah, because I really don't have much. Con- well, I mean, it would not surprise me. If Aaron came out and played better, but well, like, and my thing is though is like again they don't have anybody that's replaced Devontae, and a lot of it's got to run through uh, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, and I don't think the Bucks are gonna allow them to get a lot of rushing. It's you know they're gonna I think they're gonna force Aaron Rodgers to beat them with the wide receivers that he has, and they have a solid secondary. 
And I just don't, I have no faith in Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, and uh, Christian Watson as a trio at all. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's going to be hard for them to put points on the board. If they get a touchdown, I'd be shocked. I, w- I don't, wouldn't imagine if they walked away with like four field goals or something like that without even getting a touchdown. It would not shock me at all. Um, and then the uh, Sunday night game is the Niners versus the Broncos. Um, I'm going to go with the Niners. Uh, I think this is the game that the Broncos start to piece it together. Really? Yeah. I think they. I'm pretty positive they are at mile high. Yeah, they're they're at mile high. Um, and that's always a tough environment to play. But, um, I don't know, man. I just I I know what say right now. San Francisco's defense is healthy. Um, I know what this team is with Jimmy G as the quarterback and with uh, with the defense and the offensive line being fully healthy. Uh, so I, you know, yeah, I'll go on ahead. I'll take 49ers. You take Denver. Hell yeah. And then we've got the Monday night football game, your boys versus the giants. And of course I'm taking my boys. I'm going to take the giants in this one. Um, they, they impressed me. They've impressed me that that defense looked really good. Um, this, and again, without Kayvon Thibodeau, that defense looks solid. You know, Daniel Jones, he's making less I I see him less and less making plays where he is like, what the fuck are you doing, Danny? Right. Because um, I've seen so many times throughout his career where there's some plays where he looks like brilliant. And he, may, he looks like he could be a franchise dude. And then there's some games where he's just, you know, he's not. Um, but I'm going to go on ahead and take them. I actually think they're going to start out 4-0. I looked at the, like, I, I feel like they're going to start out 4-0. But I don't think that I think once they start out four and zero, I think we're probably going to see like maybe th- two or three more wins the rest of the season out of them. I think they're going to start out on a real high note. Um, but I think this team's a few pieces away from actually being very competitive. And uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the Giants over the Cowboys this week. Danny Dimes. He's but a bitch. uh, well, look, man, uh, that. That wraps up this uh this week's podcast. So, you know, tune in next week. Uh, the the goal, if you stuck around this long and decided to listen all the way to the end, the goal is going to be to do like an episode like this a week where we go and talk about some shit, chat and then do the predictions. You know, just talk about random shit that's going on. Um, and then also the power rankings is going to be something that we're going to do as well. So we're going to try to do about two episodes a week. Bare minimum, we're going to do one, um, which would be the power rankings. And uh, yeah, so this is uh, this is gonna be the new age of Fear the Beard football channel with uh, a shot of Jack, aka Jack Mosley. Uh, but no, we definitely. Uh, I'll tell you what, J Tap, I I really enjoyed you being on the show and talking with me about this today. Yes, sir. Yeah. And I'll be better as the weeks go by because I'll be feeling better. Yeah, man, I really do hope you get to feel better, man. I hate seeing you down in the fucking weather like that. But you want to know who went to push through and done this podcast? Rick Ross. Rick Ross. And fuck Rick Ross. Get you a shot of Jack. Uh, fuck you too, Floyd. Right. Uh, but, you know, as we say at the end of every podcast, well, before we say that, I do got to let y'all know. Hold it down for the brown. And keep it light. When it's white. There we go.
And now, as we say at the end of every podcast, we out. <laughs>